Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Obsession. This week, we finally get a chance to sit down and talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier and share some thoughts on Mortal Kombat. Uh, spoilers both come out to kind of a meh, but hey, if you're on the fence about watching either of these, give us a listen and uh, we'll tell you what we liked and disliked, as well as looking forward to the next, god, probably five years of the Marvel Universe. Shit's crazy. So, Black Widow got pushed back a month and really fucked up that cool thing that I was really happy about that every single week Marvel was going to have content released. Oh, that's, so that officially fucks that up? Yeah, so, I mean, we're in, like, uh, almost a month-long gap, I think, now between Winter Soldier and Loki, which I, I'm not sure how those dates got stretched so far apart, but, I mean, in between there was going to be Black Widow and then I assume what is now going to be a Marvel assembled about Black Widow. And then we would have gone right into Loki. But, uh, but, but COVID... now we Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah. That's tomorrow, baby. Is it really? Hell yeah. Yeah, May the 4th. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, sick. I'm so excited. Always good Disney content, even if we can't get good Marvel content. Well, that's they need to, they need to be able to do that. Because if it's only Marvel, you have a pandemic year and... Oopsie. <laughs> yeah. Like, they got to keep uh, uh, the revenue streams coming in. The that's the problem. Revenue streams. Is Disney keeps trying to push back Black Widow so they can get the theater revenue. Because as we still see with movies like Mortal Kombat coming out, there is money to be made, but a lot of people are still gun shy about going back to the theater. And you know, Marvel doesn't want to lose their big tentpole money. You know who uh, made more than Mortal Kombat last weekend? Fucking Demon Slayer, baby. Did it really? Demon oh my Slayer. God. Out, I don't know if it was this past weekend or the previous weekend, but one of the two Demon Slayer's Mugen Train arc movie outpaced Mortal Kombat, which you know what that means, Chris. Anime's fucking mainstream now. Nope. No, it it's is official. not. It's official. We mean got him. It does not mean that at all. <laughs> now, if that movie's not nominated for a fucking Oscar, oh. Oh, they're going to they forget go, about it by next They season. go by... U.S. releases on those, and since the U.S. release was this year, it, it should be eligible for the 2021 year Oscars. It probably should be. I, I, I am constantly disappointed that the Academy refuses to adapt and change with the times, and as far as awards go, the only thing recognizing animated achievement is Best Animated Movie, when really Demon Slayer would probably have an actual shot at, like, best animated animation. animated movie just best animation yeah because all the reviews i've heard of it are the animation is well is worth the ticket price alone and like from like there's no way that would win best picture just because you if you haven't seen the first season of the anime i haven't seen the movie yet so i don't know how well it recaps stuff but it's essentially the next arc so if you're going in blind it tells a story, yeah, but it's it's not the kind of, you know, like, Oscar-winning kind of story. But from an animation standpoint, yes. I mean, I I I thought about going and seeing it on Sunday because there was a noon showing at the AMC by me. And I'm if it's still there next weekend, I might just go see it. Because there's only, it's one, it's an anime movie, so there's already going to be nobody in the theater. And two, a noon showing, it'll be like five bucks. Yeah. 
And I, I've been kicking around reactivating my A-list and going back to the theater uh, because I'll be getting my second vaccine shot very soon. And uh, I thought about whether or not I should see Demon Slayer because I haven't seen the anime, so I'm afraid that I will be lost. But I know that both the anime and this movie look absolutely beautiful. And it's the rare occurrence where an anime movie isn't just part of a, like, once-weekend Fathom Events release, but, like, it's actually at the IMAX, and that's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, it's just, it has a theater run, which I don't know. I mean, since I've been old enough to know, other than maybe uh the Dragon Ball Z Frieza movie, I don't know an anime movie that got an actual theatrical run. Yeah, other than, like, Spike Kids 3D. That's anime? No. Oh. <laughs> but we got off track from the Marvel talk. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier wrapped up a while ago, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Um, and so much so that uh, I think we both enjoyed it, but anything below that surface level, I, I have no idea how you took it. I was going to say, I kind of wanted to just do like a, just initial first thoughts. And I mean, I can go first. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I kind of liked it for something that you mentioned or you brought up during... WandaVision and how I I mentioned like it kind of went as you'd expected it ended how a Marvel movie would have expected and yes Falcon and Winter Soldier did as well also spoilers for Falcon and Winter Soldier we are gonna spoil stuff um it to to an extent you can say that finale did that typical Marvel ending but episode what episode 5 did I thought was very interesting and they did a I took it as them taking a different approach to some of the content and what you can do in a TV setting. But overall, some of the writing I wasn't a huge fan of. Some of it was kind of cringy at times, but memeable, so I was okay with it. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't, I didn't like it as much as WandaVision, but it was still a solid entry i'd say i mean i've seen much worse shows yeah i find myself being incredibly forgiving with marvel content because i i will certainly not shy away from the fact that i am absolutely a marvel fanboy um i might have gotten on the train late but i am definitely here for the ride uh as i said on the podcast before i didn't start watching marvel until age of ultron which was yeah. like halfway through the uh the initial run to endgame uh and so, yeah, I, I also recognize that Falcon and Winter Soldier was, I would say, not anywhere near as good as WandaVision for a number of reasons. But I still had a lot of fun with it. And I think for a show like this, that's kind of important. Because uh, even not just ending as a Marvel movie, but this, as I thought it would be from the start, was essentially a Marvel movie turned into a TV show. And I think that in a literal sense, as well as in a writing sense. And I yes. think that's where a lot of the problems stem from me. Because WandaVision looked like, felt like, and almost surely was a Marvel concept written for television. The themes of that show and the way it was put together were for television. And there was, or, you know, for streaming, but in a TV format. And there was no way you could tell that story in a shorter form on the big screen. 
But Falcon and Winter Soldier felt like a movie that someone went into the boardroom and said, hey guys, we need a show. Turn this one into a show. And then we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. It had a lot of, now that I'm thinking about it too, or not I'm thinking, this thought just came to me. It felt very uh, Captain Marvel-y, where it told a story, it was decent, it introduced, well, it didn't introduce, or Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't introduce a character, but Captain Marvel did. And it progressed some story plot lines for certain characters. But that's kind of what Falcon and Winter Soldier did. If you don't address the racial aspect of what it was clearly trying to portray and address, which I thought was done very well. And maybe, I don't know, I haven't seen enough feedback on that online to see how the masses have taken it. I can assume how. Some people are taking it for obvious reasons. But uh, from a critic standpoint, I don't know what some critical response has been to how they addressed a black man being Captain America. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm confident to say it was done well, if only because I, I don't know that I have the context to agree with you. Yeah. Um, but it, I it, do it, think exactly it's... Uh, it's definitely important that they tried to tackle it, if nothing else, because they they could have just given Sam the shield and had a movie where he was struggling with trying to become Captain America. But I think especially doing the show like this gave them a chance to illustrate the struggle of that more and really dive into what it would mean to have a black actor as uh, you know, depending on how it looks like moving forward, but what was one of their big three? Yeah, exactly. Because we saw the reaction people had to Black Panther. Like, Black Panther was a cultural phenomenon because it was the first time, not only was there a black superhero on the big screen that pulled in big money and was part of a, like, its own cultural phenomenon in the marvel universe but also had a black cast and i mean really a black production everything about it felt very in the culture right and people really rallied around that to the point that it got oscar nominations i would say just for the cultural impact it was having so then you kind of take that and run with it and you granted they had already done this in the comics but if we're just talking mcu you take that and you make captain america Sam Wilson, and that's going to have a similar impact. But then, because it is so deeply ingrained with America, which has, to put it lightly, a tenuous history with the people, uh, it it uh, you got to talk about it, right? Yeah, I one of my favorite lines. I think it was in that last episode, after uh, he is wearing the Captain America garb, has the shield, and one of the guys goes, "Oh no, that's Black Falcon," and then. He shows up and goes, no, Captain America. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, okay, that's badass. I kind of <laughs> liked that. That was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I agree. Episode five was really, really interesting. I thought it was a bold choice to have the longest episode of the season also be the slowest and quietest, where it was just an opportunity to spend time with the characters and see how they deflated from the mini climax from episode four uh, and just spend time with them 
see them in not hero situations. And I think that's going to be the strength of the series and exactly what I want to see from them is the chance to explore the characters on a more personal level so that it's not always just fighting bad guys. And I think especially for a concept like this where they were trying to tackle the things they did, everything going on with Bucky, uh, I really liked it. And I really hope to see that moving forward. Like, WandaVision kind of did that throughout its run. And again, because I think it had the chance to be written more eloquently. But I think it was a bold choice to just dedicate an entire episode to it. Yeah. What did you think of how they dealt with Bucky? Bucky's, like, personal stuff. Uh, I generally liked it. I I, I do I wish didn't care for it. I I do wish in the end when he went back to confront the old man about killing his son. I wish we got to actually see that interaction. Um, but I I overall enjoyed it. I yeah I just I didn't care for it much. It didn't do a whole lot for me. I just but that's mostly I've never cared much for the character of Bucky Barnes even when they brought him back I just I don't know if it's the way he's portrayed the way that the actor portrays the character or or what but I'm just like yeah he's just a stale ass character at the end of the day he, he he granted it's partially all the shit that he had to go through with uh being a part of um what is it What's the organization? Holy crap. Hydra. Hydra. It's basically, you know, ripped emotion out of the man. So I get that. <laughs> from that standpoint, it's done great. But on from an entertainment story com or story side, I just am like, okay, yeah, here we go. More more Bucky trying to cope with her figure out how to be a human again and he still just struggles like hell. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think some of that had to do with the writing for the show, which I think was actually poor at times uh yeah oh and i and i'm 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 talking like outside of just this show too just bucky within the mcu i've never i'm just like okay yeah he's there oh okay well yeah i mean hopefully this show is a stepping stone to him being a more fully fleshed out character i i like sebastian stan uh and generally i like having bucky on screen but he hasn't had a chance to really shine until now but he could use the ragnarok treatment and i would like to see him get his own movie at some point well and the, actually i say that the stuff i really enjoyed is him with the wakandans give me more of that that i'm about so yeah like if if like you just said the if he gets a guardian's treatment but it's just with the wakandans oh dude i sign me up for that yeah, I, I agree, absolutely. Especially since we got to see that he still has a relationship with the Wakandans. Like, to the point where he's, like, on a first-name basis with some of the people. And pretty much all we've seen is he was delivered to Wakanda. They gave him an arm. They did some therapy with him, which we got to see in this show. But nothing else. And I think there's more to see there. And I would like to... I, you know, I, I would like to see him show up in Black Panther 2, for instance, or when he gets oh, his own movie, have them have a presence. I think with the Wakandans taking Zemo, there's no way Bucky doesn't show up in the next Black Panther. But speaking of Zemo, and I, I get with the Wakandans taking him, it makes this really hard to do, but give that man his own show, dude. Oh, <laughs> he was like one of the greatest characters of the whole show. Yeah, I, I love the uh, the makeover they did for Zemo because 
I, I'm going to keep calling this. I think he got the Ragnarok treatment in this series where his character changed, but it was for the better because he didn't really get a chance to do anything in Civil War, especially because him being a villain in Civil War was not important to the actual conflict going on. Uh, yeah, only a means a to an story. end to manipulate things. Uh, so to see him here, uh, Daniel Brühl getting some time to really ham it up, uh, releasing the dancing cut from the club. Uh, <laughs> Zemo was an absolute delight, and I hope to see more of him very soon. You know who, to, to flip that, you know who wasn't an absolute delight? John Walker. <laughs> <laughs> now granted... He delivered some of the poorly written lines for him in such a way that I'm like, dude, you're out here memeing, and I respect it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I told you about this when we were hanging out for the Oscars, but my my least favorite and favorite thing is in the last episode when he's approaching Carly, and, and he says, you don't think Lamar's life mattered. <laughs> well, my, fa my favorite was when he just yells, why are you making me do this? <laughs> <laughs> It's just so cheesy and so on the nose, but I have to forgive it because it really feels like something he'd say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, we're going to see more of him in, in whatever form that takes, whether he shows up in Cap 4 or if they do a Thunderbolts movie and he's part of it. Uh, he's going to keep coming around. Okay, so what what is the actual tease that he was supposed to be? Is he supposed to be a specific character? Because I thought they were going to make him Daredevil. Is what no, they no, were no, teasing no. At. So uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is playing, hasn't been revealed, but her name is Madame Hydra. Uh, oh. She does a really fucking clunky name drop that I guess you wouldn't pick up if you weren't aware of the character. But when she gives him the new suit or rather when he steps out with the old suit painted, she says, we don't need a Captain America, we need a U.S. agent. That's, yeah, I that's his that. hero name. It is U.S. Yeah. agent. Okay, that's what I figured, or they just refer to him as agent, but I was like, is that like a new alias? Is that an actual character? It is an actual established character. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so like if you're in the comic, no. As soon as you heard the name John Walker, you knew he was going to be U.S. agent. Oh, okay, okay. So that that was the thing. If you knew more about the comics, you knew where they were going with it. Okay, okay. Which, I mean, yeah, again, I want to talk about uh, the writing at times left a lot to be desired, like that really clunky name drop that was essentially the same thing as Will Smith saying, so what are we, some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> same energy. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did love... Julie Louise Dreyfus in the like two scenes she was in because she's just like oh you put me in a Marvel movie oh I, I'm gonna act the fuck out of this yeah absolutely and also like Don Cheadle showing up for two scenes just like grabbing a paycheck from Disney and getting out like they got money <laughs> yeah. to put Don fucking Cheadle in their show for two scenes <laughs> it is pretty great i mean i love it i i love the the friendship him and sam seemed to share because they would have that kind of camaraderie both being in the army uh i think it was air force or the or navy the military the general military yeah uh we won't say specific branches because we don't remember <laughs> yeah um 
but I mean, little things like that really helps to flesh out the universe. And again, like they've got the money to swing around to get someone like Don Cheadle just for like a day of shooting. Just get him out there just to show that these characters are still real. And it's not always the case that you've got a hand wave and say, oh, they're busy and they can't show up. But like there's actual relationships here and the shows are the perfect time to show it off. At some point, I want uh, at some point in our conversation on this, I want us to address the overall plot, but I'm not there yet because I got some fan theory. Well, a fan theory that I'm curious if you've seen or had thoughts on, but I saw one theory either going around Reddit or social media that people think that uh, Sharon Carter might be a scroll. Oh, interesting. Which would hint at we if so. To me goes, oh, we're getting Secret Wars at some point. Um, but I don't know. I, that was an interesting thing I saw and was like, huh. Because I, well, I think they could go either way with that. Or not have that be it or go that way. Wait, well, yeah, so your point, uh, we are getting Secret Invasion. That has been confirmed. That is a oh, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's You're a right. series coming to Disney+. Plus. It's going to be a Nick Fury series. So totally possible. And I really hope that when they do Secret Invasion, I, I don't know on what scale it's going to be since it is going to be a Disney Plus series, but it would be cool to have a character like Sharon Carter that does seem to have had a weird heel turn to be a scroll secretly. Um, but I think it's just as compelling for her to actually be jaded against her government and turn on them. So... I kind of hope it doesn't happen, but I also want Secret Wars to have an impact, you know? Do you, do you remember? Yes. No, exactly. Because it, it, isn't Secret Wars like a one of the more major Marvel like crossover events? Uh, at least in recent years, yeah. Um, do you remember exactly what Sharon Carter says at the very end when she's walking away after she gets pardoned? Uh, the specific wording, no, but, but I mean, like, it was essentially a call to say, hey, I got the in, so we got some tech. I was like, oh, they're going to start taking some Stark tech, basically, right? What you would, or what you would imagine, something similar. It's, yeah. I just wanted, I, I was thinking back, I'm I'm more asking you to um, reaffirm that I heard it correctly, because <laughs> <laughs> I was having an issue with my, uh, I somehow changed on my my TV, I changed the language to Spanish and I couldn't figure out how my Apple TV remote to change it back. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I was freaking out. So once I finally got it, I was like, I didn't even pay attention to what the hell she was saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she was basically putting in a call revealing that she was the power broker. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that had been done sooner. Um, but yeah, saying, uh, I'm going to have insider access to the U.S. military arsenal, so get some buyers lined up. So I Power think broker, uh, if more like shadow broker, <laughs> Mass Effect reference. So if this had been done like way sooner in the MCU, this would feel to me like a catalyst that would have provided uh, Vulture his stuff, for instance, in uh, mm. the original Spider-Man or. Uh, when they had Donald Glover on to tease being Prowler and he was giving away Stark tech. She could have taken that role. So I think for a few years to come, we're going to see villains that have things provided by Sharon Carter. That's going to be the catalyst to their villainhood. Uh, especially Ooh, if uh, like one of the theories right now is 
Like, there, there's two prevailing theories about what's happening with the Avengers Tower after Tony sold it. Either it's being turned into the Baxter Building for the Fantastic Four, or since we keep seeing it being remodeled in Spider-Man movies, uh, it's going to turn into Oscorp. So if they Ooh. do Green Goblin or Hobgoblin, I could see them getting their stuff through Sharon Carter. Ooh, yeah. Okay, you're you're seeing the theories more than I am. Shit, <laughs> that's some interesting stuff. Or is that just off the dome? You just coming up with that? Is that a Chris original? Uh, as far as getting stuff from the Shadow Broker, that's an original. It's the Power Broker. See, now Fuck. I got you saying. <laughs> I you gotcha. me up. <laughs> um. Okay. Any other? Do we want to? Oh, we're we're hitting theories before we even talk about the overarching plot. <laughs> Any other theories that we want to discuss? Uh, I don't know of any others. No, theory wise, I, I don't I don't have much really. Um, other than they seem to be teasing the the Thunderbolts with John Walker. Which okay. is uh just like I, I think it's essentially Marvel's Suicide Squad, but it's like an anti hero team, I think. Again, I, I don't know that much about Marvel, but I've read a lot about them teasing Shadow Bolts, Thunderbolts. Do you think that they will ever incorporate like Daredevil and the Punisher? I think Daredevil is absolutely an inevitability. Uh, anything else from Netflix, I don't know, but I don't see a universe that they don't do Daredevil. The question is whether or not they ch- they keep Charlie Cox, which they absolutely should. Okay, okay. So now I guess we can pivot to the overall plot, which I feel like is, as we've already kind of said, the writing wasn't great. But I feel like the writing around the whole, like, main baddie with Carly and the other super soldiers was kind of the weakest point of the whole show. Yeah, I I like what they did with the Flag Smashers, because I know that in the comics, Flag Smasher is a singular character, and they turned that that into a movement in this show. And they do... The thing that is very popular now, where you agree with the villain, they have a good point, um, but then almost water it down because, oh no, she's killing people, and that's objectively bad, so now we have to stop her. Well, it was, yeah, and by the end of it, too, it was like, she's just killing people now to kill people. Yeah, they, I, I think they really fucked up that villain narrative. They, yeah. they made it too easy. Yeah, especially when she was like, she did whatever their slogan is, and the other three are looking at her like, bitch, you're crazy. And then she says it again, and they fall in line, and I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, at least, I I thought it was interesting that they had Sam specifically see that they have good intentions, they might be right that the world was better before the unsnapping. So he had that moment with the senators where he got on his soapbox and said that, hey, what you're doing literally isn't working. Find a better way. Um, Even if I think that speech itself was a little cheesy, uh, they at least put in the effort to say, yeah, what they were doing, like mentality wise, wasn't really bad, uh, but we had to have a villain. So there you go. And then they started trying to just kill people to prove a point. And you're like, okay, now you're just indiscriminately killing. like." innocent people Mm -hmm. and i guess part of it for me was where it just the 
the whole Flag Smasher part got really messy when the Power Broker stuff got involved, Zemo was involved, and then they're all, so like there's all these competing interests trying to go after them, and then you have Falcon and Bucky just trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and it, it, it just got, like I said, it got real messy, and I, it, it did not, uh, I don't know, lead to a coherent viewing experience. You're like, what? The? There were parts in those, like, through episodes three, or like episodes three and four, I'm like, I don't really know what the hell's going on right now. They're just <laughs> following Zemo around. Zemo's trying to kill super soldiers. Now the, uh, the power broker's, like, pissed because something else. They lost some of the serum, partly because of Zemo. And I, I was, I, I, what's going on? What's going on? For sure. And again, I think that was a big strength of WandaVision, where by the nature of how that show was written and its entire conceit as a series, it got to exist in a vacuum that didn't have any major teases for anything outside the universe. It didn't try to set up that much to continue later. And anything it did was directly tied to what was going on in its show. Whereas because this show was in uh i mean it it was kind of all over the place but it it, it was ostensibly in the marvel universe it had established characters with established ties and had to do more stuff there was a lot happening introducing new characters trying to set up new storylines because this is really the first piece of this next phase of marvel that is putting in the work to set up larger storylines. Yes, very true. Because you get the Madam Hydra tease, you get US Agent, you get the Power Broker. There is stuff happening, but because this was a shorter show that, again, my theory is that it was just supposed to be a movie, um, a lot of it was weird and didn't come together very cohesively, like you said. Yeah. And I'll be very interested to see how, because di- I would say Loki looks to be another one that is like WandaVision and that it is meant to be, at least from what we've seen so far from promotional materials, it's supposed to be a, its full show. Do we know how many episodes that's going to be yet? Uh, I don't know. I will Google that real quick if you want to vamp about Loki. Yeah, because I-, I think Loki will be... A good. We will be past the initial litmus tests of what these Disney Plus shows are gonna are going to be and can be, because right now we've got a huge hit and a kind of swing and a miss with Marvel or with Black Widow. Oh no! Oh my God! What the hell was the first Wandavision? Jesus! With Wandavision being a pretty big hit, and then Falcon Winter Soldier just being meh. Loki, I think, is where we're really going to get to see, especially if it's like a 10-episode or, or, or more, if what we're going to probably normally get from these from these Marvel shows. Because what's the next one after Loki? Uh, I think... We have at least uh, one more. It's either What If or Hawkeye. I forget which comes first. Okay. Mm, I don't know. I just... Who knows? Maybe I could be completely wrong. It could just be a complete crapshoot of what we're getting with each one. And, like, depending on who's involved with it, some might be made for Disney Plus movies and some might be a full-fledged show. 
Uh, yeah, interestingly, Loki is actually only going to be six episodes like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm. Which is weird to me because the setup for Loki feels even more than WandaVision. Like, it could be very episodic. And if yes. there was any show that was going to get a season two, it could be Loki. Because Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision both tell pretty contained stories that I, I don't think they have any intention of continuing. And if they do, it'll just be a different series. But Loki, you know, it feels very, at least just based on the trailers, problem of the week. Every episode is going to have its own plot line, which will probably feed into a larger narrative. But at the moment, it seems like the prime candidate to actually get a season two. I would agree. And I think, but with that, I don't think, as I've just tried to be like, oh, maybe we'll get an idea of what we're going to get. And then talking through it, Probably not. We probably won't even know until, like, what, the next movie phase is done and we have, like, a full phase of content and we can look back at all of it and make a determination of, oh, this might be what we're getting going forward. Because I do think, as as we've said, they're kind of testing the waters on what they're able to do from, one, a story perspective and, two, a production perspective by having stuff go straight to Disney Plus and not doing a movie. Because if... If Falcon and Winter Soldier was a movie, I probably would have skipped out on it. Really? I think. Because it, I mean, I don't know. I say that if I was, when I was first getting into, if I, at, with the same mentality of I that I had when I first was getting into Marvel, where I would only see the ones that looked the most interesting to me. And since, I think since Age of Ultron, I've seen every, that's not true. So never mind. <laughs> um. I've been very much a, I don't know if I want to see it kind of person. And then I, it's, but that doesn't explain why I saw Captain Marvel because I would have, I should have skipped that. And I actually don't know why I saw that. Oh, I think because I heard that it was a direct lead in to Thor. No. Which one does it directly lead into? Or uh, does it? I don't think it leads into anything. I think I am putting why I wanted to see Thor Ragnarok aside from how awesome the trailer was as to why I saw Captain Marvel. I don't know why I saw Captain Marvel. We're gonna, let's move on. Uh, okay, well, yeah, so just to talk about the uh, the actual, like, character dialogue writing of the series, um, at times I fucking hated it. Uh, and I, I don't know that this would have been fixed if it was just a movie on its own, but they definitely wanted to try to lean into a buddy cop feeling where Sam and Bucky are kind of reluctant partners, um, but they work really well together, but they're not happy about it. Uh, and you could tell, like, second by second, when they switched those gears, and it felt like they were writing a different show. You know? Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And uh, it was, uh, it didn't work. It was not written well. I, you know, in a vacuum, I thought the moments were fun, but it didn't flow with the rest of the story, and it kind of kept happening constantly. And to the point that it just didn't seem believable to me that these these two characters like, really have such a strong bond, especially since they're both dealing with uh, the one similar trauma of being without Steve Rogers. But they're, they're still not, like, wanting to work together. And that can be written well, but I don't think it was here. 
and my frustration wasn't an in-universe frustration, but only a writing frustration. Did you feel that at all? I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I was there. And it was like, oh, well, until Bucky met, uh, why can't I, what's Falcon's character? Sam, until Bucky met Sam's sister. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it was like, yeah, there, I just, I, I never believed their relationship. It just seemed fake. The way, mostly from how it was written to me. So I don't know if that's exactly what you were getting at. But yeah, but again, I I'm also very forgiving when it comes to Marvel uh, because I I genuinely think that there isn't a Marvel movie that is less than a five out of ten for me. And uh, See, I haven't seen all, all the the ones that are uh, viewed as bad, so I haven't seen uh, Iron Man 2 or. Is it Dark World's the worst Thor? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in the process of rewatching them, so I'll be able to tell you soon. But <laughs> as of right now, the worst one I've seen is probably Captain Marvel. And not to say that it was bad, but it was just like, alright. Yeah, and like, to the point that I, I want to be a serious movie guy. I want to watch a lot of movies and think that I can critique them effectively, but... I just can't ever really give a score out of 10 to a Marvel movie because I know that I'm just going to enjoy it unconditionally. Uh, Marvel right now is the peak of popcorn cinema. Like, I know when I go to the movie, I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to turn my brain off unlike I can for Transformers. So even with the show's faults, I still really liked it pretty unconditionally. I have to... to counter you on the movie thing because as much as I have talked about how Winter Soldier as a character does not vibe with me at all uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is a 9 out of 10 movie and I'm still pissed that more people don't appreciate how fucking awesome that movie is. Mm, I I think it's quoted as a lot of uh, people's favorite and best Marvel movie. It is well it's basically because it's just a spy thriller and it's awesome. Yeah. And so I want to I want to talk about this promotional video that Marvel released today um, that I, I linked you earlier uh, today being the uh, the day we're recording this episode. And it was uh, it's just called Marvel Studios celebrates the movies. And I, I, I love this little campaign that the entire industry is getting behind of telling people to go back to the movies after the pandemic uh, because they really need the money. Uh, and <laughs> and people broke. people like going to the theater, um, and as much as I gripe about the theater experience and how uh, it should die and reinvent itself, uh, I'm itching to get back to the theater. Um, but this video, uh, did two very important things for me, and that's one, it gave confirmed dates for pretty much every movie we can assume is going to be part of phase four, if they're still doing numbered phases, which I'm still not 100% clear on. Um, but also, it, uh, you know, in celebrating the movies, it played a clip of live audience reaction during Endgame, which is funny for me because actually recently, I've kind of fallen down a rabbit hole of watching audience reactions to Endgame. On YouTube, oh, really? and uh, it's kind of surreal 
to be able to relive the hype inside of a theater for that moment. Because, again, a lot of people want to complain about cape shit and, you know, big time directors are like, uh, Marvel isn't real cinema. Um, but it's a fucking cultural phenomenon and I love it so much. And I don't know that we'll in our lifetime ever get the same kind of particular event that Endgame was. And I'm just so happy I was able to see that in the theater like four times. Damn, you saw it four times? It was at least three. Oh my God. And every time there was such big pop-offs. Like, to the point that, uh, yeah. like, you can't be mad at anyone for getting excited and shouting in a theater when Cap it's picks up a fucking movie. hammer. Yeah, and it's a Marvel movie. Like, at that point, we all knew we were at the end, so, like, you were going to see some wild shit. And, yeah, people were going to react accordingly. Yeah. So, I mean, this little promo video got me hyped to go back to the theater, and I, I hope that Black Widow actually comes out this time so I could see it. Please? Please, God? Chris, they don't. The people don't want to hear us talking about how much we want to go back to the theater anymore. We gotta, we gotta give it a couple weeks. I know you're right. You're right. I, I miss it so much, but I also hate we the can, theater. So, so like, let's go. Final thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was. It was all right. Yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> good with a question mark. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's all right. That that means it's all right. Definitely. If, if it was an fun. anime, solid six out of ten. Yeah, and, and I guess. One thing I want to touch on. Five and a half. The the thing that got me real hyped was finally seeing Sam in his Captain America outfit. That was uh, awesome. Seeing the way that they did the fight choreography with the wings and the shield. That shit was clean. Because when he, like, uh, gave up the wings, and uh, I, I forget the character's name now, but he told him to keep the wings. I was afraid, are they not gonna do the falcon cap mix is he not going to have wings anymore so then episode six starts and he's immediately up in the sky with it again and he's fighting helicopters it was so fucking dope that that would have been a really cool scene to be in a theater for yeah that scene that fight scene is specifically and i mean it's it's some hand-waving movie bullshit that he was that good with the shield that soon but that's the kind of action movie thing that you just kind of forgive because it looks really cool Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm very excited to see more of that. So, yeah, I think that about sums up our thoughts. If you're a Marvel nut, give it a watch. If you just kind of watched a couple movies here now, easy skip. That's how I would say, how I'd recommend it to people. Yeah, I could probably agree with that. Uh, I Yeah, definitely worth a watch if you want Marvel content. Otherwise, you could probably take it or leave it, catch up with a YouTube video. Yeah. Um, but speaking of hand-waving movie bullshit, um, <laughs> the other thing you wanted to talk about this week was we both have watched Mortal Kombat. Bro, the first hour is so bad. Yeah. Um, the second really half, is. once they all start fighting, I was like, okay, this is stupid movie bullshit. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of enjoying this a little bit. The first hour was awful. Yeah, Um, but for the most part for me, it was bad in the best possible ways. Yes, I do want, yes, that is, I'm glad you said that, because I, as much as I was like, yo, this movie sucks, I was like, I still kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so weird how they were able to take all the energy of the cheesiest action movies and put it into this one. Like, if they 
just said, like, let's look at the original Mortal Kombat and let's just do that again. This movie has that same energy. Like, it's bad and it knows it's bad and it might even be written purposefully to be that bad. But it's 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 all in good fun. Like, yeah, when I was watching the I I watched like the first 20 minutes of the movie and then turned it off for a day and then came back. So I, I, I was kind of separated from the intro, but when Jax approaches Cole and they, like, show each other their birthmarks, and it's, it's the dumbest thing where it's not a fucking bookmark, or a birthmark, but it's just the it's Mortal brand. Kombat symbol in way too much detail than it should be. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, I was born with this, and now you were branded as a child, <laughs> fam, like, what the hell? Yeah. It was so stupid, but God, I was in from the jump. I love that you also took a break, because I tried to watch it Saturday night, but I passed the fuck out, and so I got about an hour in and just fell asleep, mostly because I was kind of bored out of my mind with the movie, and then woke up Sunday and finished it, so I also had a break between it, and maybe that's why I was like, oh, it's okay, it's not that bad for the second half of it, but... Goddamn. The I thought the fight choreography in most of the movie was not great. Really? I've seen I Now granted I am spoiled from watching a lot of battle anime and the fight choreography in a lot of anime is silky smooth beautiful, but I didn't think it was cl- there there were it, it would not pass the Marvel test, I don't think. I thought Marvel fight choreography was much better than what we got in Mortal Kombat hmm. for most of the fights. Yeah, I mean, I think just by nature of being Mortal Kombat, the thing people came to see was shocking and excessive gore. And uh, Which we I, got I, yeah. some cool fatalities. I'm so glad. I, we got Kung Lao's hat one, and I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, surfboard and they did into my, the hat. And then they did my boy dirty as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kung Lao's pretty much always doomed to die. Yeah. It's just, he was always my main, so it's like, damn. He went out like a little bitch, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are some things that were, I think, legitimately bad and took away from what the movie could have been. Like, I, the, the movie's pacing felt like it was on fast forward the entire time, right? Yeah. And, you know, for an action movie, you only really need a loose plot to get from fight scene to fight scene. And sometimes the movie felt like it had that energy, but other times I felt like it was trying to do too much plot to the detriment. Like, the stuff with the Arcana was weird, and I feel like you don't need that for a Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, The setup, like, what they wanted to be the driving force of the movie being the the conflict between Sub-Zero and Scorpion, had a really shittily written ending. Like, it, it was weird for Scorpion to I show up at the end as a deus ex machina. I, I would have just watched that movie, by the way. Yeah, no, the absolutely. Scorpion Sub-Zero, like, plot movie. I would have wa- rather just watched that movie. Like, show, show me Scorpion, show me the intro scene again, and then the majority of the movie is Scorpion going through the nether realm, getting his powers, coming back, and having that final fight. I, that... I'd have paid to go see that. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's there's an alternate version of this movie where we don't even see Hanzo Hazashi again, but instead the Arcana Cole unlocks 
is being Scorpion. And then it's a reveal that our main character has been Scorpion the whole time. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. Because, yeah, I, I don't really like you having inter-standard Joe Schmo into the movie to help progress plot and to have a family element. Like, I didn't care. I just, I came into a Mortal Kombat movie for the Mortal Kombat characters. Right. Which, to that end, spoiler, how do you, how do you kill Goro in the first movie? Because they're clearly going to have at least something else. There's, we're getting at least one more movie, probably where they actually have the Mortal Kombat tournament. But you can't kill Goro in the first one. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, there, there's uh, at least a couple other established Goro species characters that they can still pull from, so there is that. True, but I thought Goro was a, re- like, repeating presence. Well, okay, I was listening to the Big Pictures podcast about it, and they were like, yeah, the whole plot of Mortal Kombat's fucked anyway. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's right. So I'm not <laughs> even going tr- to address <laughs> plot issues, but I don't know. For a car- I'm like... You put you decided to put Goro in the movie, and you didn't have him do one of the fatalities where he just grabs somebody by all their limbs and rips them in half. Yeah, I, I thought they really did my man Goro dirty, especially just because of the way they wrote Cole's character. And, uh, and by the way, his arcana was shitty and generic. I didn't like it. So it like, was just shitty cabal. The, the Goro fight scene was essentially Goro tossing Cole around until Cole was able to cut off his arms, and that was it. Yeah. No, there's no way Goro doesn't just pick him up and rip him in half immediately. Yeah. Like, there was no reason that didn't happen. Yeah. I did think, uh, (laughs) just touching on the Arcana thing for a sec, I thought when Cole was getting his Arcana, before he got the knives on his wrist, I thought his Arcana was just going to be hyper armor. I kind of thought that too. Like, just straight up ripped from the game. Yeah, I was like, okay, so he's a defensive main. Okay, that's, I mean, I hate those characters, but okay, fair. <laughs> but other than Cole, I actually thought uh, they did almost every character really, really well. Um, oh, as adaptations, yeah, except for Melina. Melina was kind of meh. Yeah, Melina got, she she also got done dirty, just like Goro. I can't believe they killed Melina in this movie. Well, could kill. With one of the more current ones, like, literally everyone comes back as a shadow of themselves, which they showed with Chang Shi. Is that his name? Is that? Yeah. Is that how? I I can never remember some of the names or the proper pronunciation of them. Chang Shi is a Marvel movie. You're thinking of Quan Chi. Quan Chi. No, but but Quan Chi was the one. It was Shang Soon. Yeah. I'm like, he's not even, like, a main bad, I didn't think. He's the main bad for the first game, essentially. Oh, he is? Before Shao Kahn gets introduced? Yeah. Okay. And Kotal Kahn after him. Well, Kotal Kahn is just a character. He's never, like, a main baddie. I think Shao uh, Kahn was. He was a main baddie in one of the recent games. Yeah, but he wasn't, like, a Shao Kahn-level threat. He just kind of, like, moved in and was like, yeah, I got people that follow me. (laughs) Devor's gonna fuck you up. Yeah. We're getting way into Mortal Kombat stuff if people have no idea what we're talking about. But yeah, other than that, like, uh, I mean, Kano really stole the show. Oh, yes. Kano was Best great. Character. He was a lot of fun. And, like, surprisingly, Cabal was a lot of fun, too. 
which was interesting because that character is kind of, I'm pretty sure, Blake Slate. That character doesn't talk much in the games. Like, I don't think Cabal has a lot of voice lines. Yeah, I didn't remember his character having any kind of impression. Like, <laughs> him and Stryker are just cops until Cabal gets killed and turned into that. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you wouldn't know that if you watched the movie. Right, but Cabal was just basically Deadpool. Yeah, And it exactly. worked really well. Uh, I Did they kill Cabal in the movie? I don't actually remember. Because um, if they did, that'd be a yes. damn shame. Yes, Jax. No, Jax killed some other someone. I don't know. Kung Lao burnt him alive. Yes, that's right. They did the fire dragon. Yeah. So uh, the the movie was basically just it, it felt to me a montage of fan service, which honestly I think is fine, because you had uh, characters portrayed really well on the screen. The costuming was really good. The casting was really good. Um, some fights took place on actual Mortal Kombat stages, which was a lot of fun. That was cool. Uh, some of the fatalities were ripped right from the games, like Kung Lao surfboarding someone into a hat or Liu Kang doing his fire dragon. Uh, I think Jax is where he just smashes the skull, too, was from the games. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was a lot of fun to... Uh... No, nah, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. It was just cool to oh. see all the references. Yeah, uh, the, the scene where Kano is trying to fight Liu Kang and Liu Kang just keeps leg-sweeping him. And, like, yeah. the little hop Kano does over one of the leg sweeps was yeah. clearly just like, all right, this is the game now. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what new characters they bring and whatever we get next, because it's probably going to be another movie. You know, Johnny Cage already obviously is teased with what happens with Sub-Zero. Noob Saibot is almost a given. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully we'll actually see Scorpion next time. Yeah. I think uh, adding, uh, is it Kinshi? Kinshi. Kinshi would be sweet. The The Native American dude would be cool. Nightwolf, I think, is his name. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's like, because they say, oh, we're going to get some more Earthrealm ones. I, Kinshi, uh, Johnny Cage, and Nightwolf are the three easiest additions you could do who are classic characters. And then on the villain side, like, you gotta give us Katana. Yeah, Katana and Jade. They're pretty yeah. much a package deal. And then we get, we'll probably get Noob, Cybot, uh, who is Ermac? I would love to see Ermac. Yeah, Ermac, I think, uh, especially if they ride this into a third movie, Ermac is inevitable. Uh, Aaron Black would be an interesting choice, but I just like Cowboys. Yeah, and he's so new that I don't know if they bring a... Well, he would he be in? No, he was in the Outworld. He's not an Earthrealm character. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. For my own but, personal reasons, I think it'd be really goddamn funny if they did Striker because up against the Mortal Kombat roster, Striker is just a man with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's pretty much what uh, uh, what's her face Sonya Blade is until they gave her her Arcana early, which I actually don't know. If- her character has any. Uh, she's got some powers in recent games, which looks a lot like what she gets from Kano. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we get from it. It was it was 
stupid fun if you like Mortal Kombat. If you're not into the games at all, I would hard pass. Because like I said, I didn't think the action sequences were that great. The fatalities were cool. Mostly because, like we said, a lot of them were stripped from the games. But, you know, nothing where I was like, yes, you gotta go see this movie. Yeah, I disagree, actually. I think the cheesiness was fun enough that if I know someone is into that kind of thing, I think there's still a lot of enjoyment to be had here. That's fair. Definitely, based on, I wouldn't blanket recommend it, but if, yeah, you know someone into that kind of stuff, I could see it. Yeah. And I I think there was a surprising amount of setup for a an, a Mortal Kombat movie, let alone an action movie, and I hope that when they do the sequel it's going to just be more fighting. Which, I mean, they at least have to introduce Johnny Cage, and depending on how much of a spotlight he takes, there might need to be some character development happening there. But I I hope that the next movie is just more fighting. I just hope it's a tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, you know, I just want the tournament. (laughs) That's all I want. Which, I know has been done before, but it's such an easy thing to do. So, why not? And, like, setup-wise, there's some things they did well. Like, seeing Jax get his arms obliterated was cool, but I also didn't need to see Jax grow robot muscles. Yeah, that was... I, when they first showed him with the little wimpy arms, I was like, okay, well, when, is it, when are we going to see him get the big buff ones? And he's <laughs> like, oh, it, it just happened. Yeah. Uh, and that's his arcana, buff mech arms. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to call that an action movie out of ten. <laughs> Fair. I'd say it's a little bit below what I would like to see in an action movie out of ten. Sure. I I uh, I I don't watch a lot of action movies. My standards are weird. Fair. Well, Chris, I got a hard out, so it's been fun. Yep, we did we, it. We we talked about. We the still things. haven't caught up on all the newsy things. I think we've wanted to, but at this point, who the fuck cares? Yep. It is, uh, it's May 3rd, we're post-Oscars, we're post-Falcon, we're post-Mortal Kombat, uh, and that's gonna do it for this week. So, if you liked what you heard here, follow us on Twitter, at Obsession underscore pod. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and if you are listening literally anywhere else, at least recommend us to a friend, and, uh, we will hopefully see you again next week. Bye.